We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. As a plant-based cheese company, Dea has never talked about beef in an ad before. Because someone somewhere once had a beef with saying beef and plant-based together. So putting a slice of Dea cheese on a beef burger, not okay. Well, our delicious melty cheese has a beef with your beef about beef. Because any step towards plant-forward eating is a step in the right direction. Dea, 100% plant-based, even if you're not. Now made with Dea Oat Cream Blend. Today is Sunday, February 2nd, 2020. On this day in 2011, 18-year-old Israel Nieves shot and killed 19-year-old Jason Rodriguez in what he later claimed was a drug-induced blackout. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the murder of Valencia College student Jason Rodriguez by his jealous rival, 18-year-old Israel Nieves. Let's go back to the night of February 2nd, 2011, to a quiet neighborhood in Orlando, Florida. It was 10.15 p.m. Israel Nieves waited on a dark, deserted street. His blurred gaze was fixed on a house nearby. He was drunk and high on wet, marijuana laced with PCP. Through the haze, he managed to stay focused on his plan. For the past eight months, Israel had been obsessed with a 20-year-old woman. To protect her privacy, we'll refer to her as Sarah. Israel and Sarah started dating in May of 2010, had fallen for each other quickly, and run into conflict just as fast. Their arguments turned violent. Once, when Sarah said she was going to leave him, Israel smashed his fist into a wall. Another time, he held a knife to her throat and forced her to have sex with him. Even in the face of this abuse, Sarah always let Israel back into her life. But then, in November of 2010, something changed. Sarah told Israel once again that she was done. Once again, he threatened her, warning that if she left him, he'd hurt her family. This time, instead of going back to him, Sarah went to the police. On November 22, 2010, Sarah filed an injunction against Israel in an Orange County court. In a hearing two weeks later, the judge issued a restraining order telling Israel to stay away from Sarah or face possible jail time. 
But Israel couldn't let Sarah go. He wanted her to be his and his alone. Israel decided to do whatever it took to get Sarah back. But right after the hearing, she began dating 19-year-old bodybuilder Jason Rodriguez. To Israel, Jason was nothing more than a playboy. If he could convince Sarah that Jason was cheating on her, perhaps he could lure her back to him. Around the end of December, Israel came up with a plan. Using a burner phone and a fake email address, he created a Facebook profile for a fictional young woman named Ty Ann. He used photos of one of his female friends to make the profile seem authentic. In mid-January of 2011, Israel began messaging Jason, pretending to be Ty Ann. He flirted with the bodybuilder in an effort to prove that Jason was a cheater. Jason immediately took the bait. He responded to Ty Ann's messages and eventually started texting her on the burner number. After a week or two, he asked Ty Ann to video chat. This could have blown the entire plan, but Israel handled it like a pro. He contacted the friend whose pictures he had used to create Ty Ann's profile. He told her he was playing a practical joke on someone and asked her to join in. The young woman agreed, never realizing what Israel had in mind. She spoke to Jason on a video call, pretending to be the flirty Tyann. A few days later, on February 2nd, 2011, Israel followed up with an invitation for Jason to come to Tyann's house. Despite the fact that he was still dating Sarah, Jason agreed. It confirmed everything that Israel suspected about Sarah's new boyfriend. He didn't deserve her. This sent Israel on a binger. After giving Jason an address, he spent several hours drinking and smoking wet. Then, long after dark, he got in his car and drove to the quiet neighborhood near Valencia College. By now, his vision was blurred. He could barely see the house across the street. Yet, when a green Honda Accord pulled up to the curb around 10.15 p.m., he knew exactly who was at the wheel. Israel tied a black bandana around his face like a mask. He strode across the street and approached the window of the parked car. As Jason looked up from the driver's seat, Israel pulled out a 32 caliber pistol and shot him in the face. Israel's rival slumped over in his seat, apparently dead. But Israel didn't have time to savor the moment. For the first time, he noticed there was another car up the street with someone in the driver's seat. A witness. Coming up, we'll learn how Israel was caught in his own snare. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now, back to the story. 
On February 2nd, 2011, 18-year-old Israel Nieves shot his romantic rival, Jason Rodriguez, in a drug-induced haze. But a witness saw the attack from a nearby vehicle. Afraid they might be able to identify him, Israel charged the other car, firing wildly. The driver pulled away and sped off into the night. By now, lights were coming on in houses all along the street. Even in his altered state, Israel knew the cops were on their way. He rushed back to his own vehicle and drove off, sirens in the distance. Moments after he fled, first responders arrived at the scene. They found 19-year-old Jason Rodriguez lying in his Honda with gunshot wounds in the face and neck. He was unconscious and in critical condition, but he was still breathing. Paramedics rushed him to the hospital. Family members spent the next several days praying at his bedside. Despite their fervent efforts, however, Jason tragically passed away a week later. Luckily, detectives were already on the trail of his killer. Thanks to a tip from the witness, they knew the shooter had worn a black bandana. They'd also talked to Jason's friends and learned about his online affair with the so-called Tyann. But they couldn't figure out who Tyann was. Detectives checked out the phone number and email associated with the account and found that both were dead ends. Thus far, Israel's efforts to cover his tracks were successful. Detectives called in the big guns. Computer forensic specialists managed to trace the origin of Tyann's messages back to Israel's cell phone and iPad. From there, detectives secured a search warrant. In April of 2011, two months after the shooting, investigators entered Israel's family home. They searched his bedroom, where they found a 32 caliber pistol and a black bandana. They arrested Israel on suspicion of murder. At first, Israel swore he knew nothing about the crime, but under interrogation, he eventually broke down. He told detectives he'd drunk and smoked so much that night that he'd blacked out. He didn't remember pulling a trigger, and he was sure he'd never wanted Jason Rodriguez dead. This argument might have been more convincing if it weren't for Israel's history of violence. When Sarah had filed for a restraining order back in November, she'd established legal evidence of his aggressive tendencies. Furthermore, Tyann's Facebook profile, along with the fake email and burner phone, suggested that Israel's crime was thoroughly premeditated. As a result, he failed to convince a jury to blame the killing on the drugs and alcohol. On September 13, 2013, Israel was found guilty of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to life in prison and is currently housed at Florida's Taylor Correctional Institution. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, listen to ParCast original, Crimes of Passion. 
Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Megan Dane, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson.